A thing that looks like a police box standing in a junkyard. It can move anywhere. Maybe. Concentrate on sin. Give priority to the detectors and the navigation systems. There is a corridor. And the corridor is time. It surrounds all things. On display, I eventually had to go down to the cellar. That's the display department. With a torch. The lights were probably gone. So had the stairs. You are just number six. I am not a number. I am a person. Welcome to British Invaders, episode 414. This is the podcast all about British science fiction television, and this time we are continuing our discussion about Terry Pratchett's Going Postal. This is Brian from Canada. And this is Eamon from England. Hello. This is another Sky TV adaptation of one of Terry Pratchett's Discworld novels. This was Sky TV's third visit to the city of Ankh-Morpork, this time with two 90-minute episodes, a two-parter broadcast in 2010. And once again, we have a great cast and a very rich production in this fantasy world setting. It's great fun. An absolutely um, madcap world for us to explore. And Terry Pratchett having some fun satirising aspects of modern life. Absolutely. So, on the Discworld of Ankh-Morpork, we left young Moist von Lipwig trying to revitalise a dilapidated postal service for the city. But, of course, he's got competition, particularly from Reacher Gilt, the unscrupulous owner of a light signalling communications technology and service known as the Clax. I'm presuming this is the Clax because of the noise the shutters make when they're changing the lights, Brian. I think so. It has these shutters that open and close to change which parts of light are getting through. So it does have a clacking sound to it. Indeed, yeah. And he's looking, you know, Reacher Guilt is trying to defeat the Postal Service by fair means or foul. But of course, Moist has got other stuff on his agenda. He's trying to get to know the alluring Adora who heads the Golems Trust, to find out what happened to her brother, who used to work for the Clax. He's got some stuff to get through, hasn't he? Absolutely. And he is also dealing with these sinister hauntings that are reminding him of his past as a con man, where there is this ghostly thing, so it's like a ghostly haunting, but it's also reminding him of the wrong he's done in his past. So it's like two different types of haunting combined in one there. Indeed, yeah. I hadn't thought of it as two, but yes, you're quite right. Two different types of haunting. Yes, he's haunted by his past, but also haunted by this ghostly presence. Even with all this, he manages to introduce postal stamps and go to perforated postal stamps and finally propose a race between the Postal Service and the Clax, which of course will lead to a big finale for the series. It does indeed, but of course along the way, Sir Terry Pratchett, the production team, will get to make some quite sort of sideways fun and observations about various aspects of life, particularly communications, technologies, Big businesses, the world of collecting and collectors. You've mentioned postal stamps and how quickly the perforated postal stamps become an item of interest for collectors, replacing perhaps the previous interest in collecting straight pins. 
it's great fun. It's satirical. It's a look at modern life in this fantasy world setting. And there's a lot of entertainment to be had from it along the way, Brian. Yes, absolutely. And we get some glimpses of other aspects of the city of Ankh-Morpork, like the City Watch and a vampire photographer who was in the other books as well as this journalist, Sacharissa Cripslock, played by Tamsin Grieg in this case. And if you're familiar with Terry Pratchett and the Discworld series, you will enjoy some of these little nods and references and appearances from regulars from the series, particularly, I think, the City Watch, who are fan favourites, I think. Yes, we have lots of things that these productions can draw from in this very rich world that Terry Pratchett created and wrote 44 books on so there are lots of things they can pull in and that's really neat what an incredible achievement 44 book series and if you've read them all please uh, well first of all congratulate yourself but also let us know which is your favorite oh absolutely and yeah any overall impressions from all 44 please feel free to share with us on the facebook group but i think that brings us to talk about our own thoughts on this show so Eamon, what did you like about going postal so i'm gonna say that i liked just about all of it brian let's start with the look and sound and feel of the production from sky tv sky tv able to you know to put in some money into these adaptations which i can imagine were not cheap to do but i think it looks great i think budapest makes a perfect ankh morpork what they've done with set dressing costumes hair makeup I think it looks just spectacular, Brian. What about you? Yes, I would agree that the look is very good. It really brings us into that fantasy world. I will also say that the cast in this is particularly good. There are no weak links. There are lots of well-known names who are also great actors. But across the board, we have really strong cast, putting in really solid performances throughout. David Suchet, Claire Foy, Andrew Sachs, Charles Dance. It's, you know, it's splendid. And then we've got Richard Coyle in his central performance as this sort of lovable rogue who is very likeable, isn't in the part, Brian. He just, you know, you do like Moist and you want him to do well and become a better person. Yes, there are parts in here that are hard to sell that could easily turn into things that are sort of two-dimensional stereotypes parts but with this cast you do better than that because you have Richard Coyle adding some real character and dimension to that David Suchet that part could have turned into a sort of cardboard villain but not when you have David Suchet there so a lot of things that needed to be uplifted by the cast I think really were and it's interesting in our last episodes we were talking about Jeremy Brett another great British television on-screen detective and how nice it was to see him in something different and here we have as you say Brian Mr Hercule Monsieur Hercule Poirot himself the sort of definitive Poirot 
turning up in another role and he's having a great time and we're having a great time watching him absolutely yeah and he shows up in in various roles but seeing this type of villainous performance from him is a bit unusual and i really enjoyed it what about the writing obviously terry pratchett's original source material doyle and curty adapting it for the screen with some mucking about with from sir terry what did you make of the writing on this series i liked it i think it was solid i I liked it more than some of the other Pratchett things we've covered and sort of at a similar level to some of them. I think it was good. It was solid. I think the character writing needed those performances, but it did have those performances. So all in all, yeah, I did like the writing. Yeah, me too. I thought it was splendid. I really enjoyed it. It's very funny. It's quite scary in places. It's paced well as well. Yeah, it is. It is paced very well over these two 90-minute episodes. It doesn't seem to have much in the way of sort of like bits where it slows down and becomes, you know, less interesting. I think it always attracts our interest. And it's, as you say, Brian, very well paced, beautifully written, beautifully performed. I do like this idea that he used the Discworld setting over the book series to start looking at different aspects of life. So I know that there are books about the city guard, which sort of deal with policing. There's books about the military. There's books about banking. There's books about the role of women in society. I think, you know, this is a fascinating idea that what he started with this sort of comic fantasy world and then it became so much more. Yes. The other thing that he does with Discworld that I find is fascinating is the way that it approaches technology in that it's a little bit like steampunk. I don't think it is steampunk, but where steampunk takes the idea of taking 19th century materials and 19th century technology, but bringing in newer ideas to make more advanced things there. This does something a little bit similar with a fantasy setting, where it takes the sort of medieval fantasy type idea, but brings in some newer concepts to say, well, what if you have this fantasy setting, but you have a post office? Well, what would that look like in this setting? And they come up with something for that. And what would a long distance, more modern, communication system look like? Well, they come up with an idea or Pratchett comes up with an idea for how that would look and how that would work in this fantasy setting. And they do a lot with that, especially in this production. But that's something that I think Discworld is doing especially well here. Mm. Very interesting. Uh, as you say, um, he obviously he got the chance to play with all this and do different stuff as it went on because it was so successful for him and continues to be so successful. There's recently been a biography of Terry Pratchett by his long-term assistant and collaborator, collaborator published. So, you know, the interest is still there in his marvellous imagination and creativity. And as you mentioned, there's more good omens coming. So continuing things in that way. I mean, I suppose one of the downsides, one of the negatives against this series is this was the last of the Sky adaptations and we haven't had any more 
Sky TV Terry Pratchett since. It's a pity that they haven't got to any more of the novels. Yes, I would agree with that. It would have been nice to see Sky continue with that after 2010, which they haven't. But in the production itself, there aren't that many things to point to as negatives. It really does what it's trying to do very well. Yes, it does. I mean, I think we always say this when we get to Terry Pratchett, particularly the Discworld series, that it is in this fantasy setting and that if, you know, characters who on a day-to-day basis interact with vampires, werewolves, golems, and wizards, and so on, is not your thing, then you might not like... Terry Pratchett's going postal so much. I think those elements, they're there, Brian, but it's not used quite so much in this particular story. Yeah, it isn't the focus in this one. In this one, the focus is more about these individual people and also the sort of technology things with the idea of the postal service being replaced by something newer and the idea of a communications technology being run as a sort of commercial monopoly that in this case has you know a lot of corruption there and you know it's dealing with those sorts of ideas as the focus yes as you say that sort of technology-based for a fantasy world a technology-based storytelling uh, or looking at the aspects of it that seem to um, seem quite familiar to us in very many ways brian so yeah that's good i i just you know it's a shame there's no more of it i'm afraid the shame there's no more sky tv terry pratchett's and that they couldn't keep up doing one of these every other year. Yes, it would have been nice to see them do uh, do some more of them. Did you have any other negatives about this show? I don't think so. If you don't, I think we should go on to our recommendations. Let's go for it. Shall I start us off this time? Sure, why don't you start? It's a nice easy one. This is splendid. <laughs> this is probably my favourite of the Sky TV adaptations of Going Postal. I had a great time watching this one. Uh, It's very easy to stream over here if you've got a Now TV subscription. The DVD is getting a bit pricey, so get them while you can, although you can rent the DVD. But yeah, it's a solid recommendation from me. This is a wonderful, entertaining, funny show that barrels along and gets through its three hours running time really quite quickly. So I enjoyed it. What about yourself, Brian? I am going to pretty much agree with all of that. It's a lovely production, very well put together together it was a lot of fun to to watch Uh, so yeah this was a very good one for sure and i think it's also my favorite of the sky terry pratchett adaptation the uh, the other ones were certainly good as well but i think this one is my favorite so yes it's definitely a recommendation for me how would you rank this one compared to the other two sky adaptations the color of magic and hogfather brian i would put Hogfather as the weakest one and the color of magic in the middle. Although in some ways it's close to this one, but I think Going Postal is number one for me. Okay. Yeah, certainly number one for me. I'm sort of torn between Hogfather and Color of Magic. I might at the moment, possibly because I've seen Hogfather more recently, put them the other way around. I might put Hogfather in the middle. But yeah, Going Postal is our favourite, I think, Brian. Yeah, and all strong productions. So I would recommend looking at all of these for sure. Please do. So, in summary, Going Postal takes us back to Sir Terry Pratchett's 
Discworld setting and the city of Ankh-Morpork, where we are introduced to Moist von Lipwig, who has been this con man who defrauded all sorts of people and was eventually caught and sentenced to hang, but his only reprieve was to be given this task of restarting the Ankh-Morpork post office and the postal service which has fallen into decline when the commercial service, the Clax, which signals things with light towers for sending messages, it has taken over and the postal service has fallen into decline. So von Lipwig is left with this enormous task to do this and he is secured by a golem so he is not able to escape that task and he is even haunted by his own past and he is also vying for the affections of Adora Bell Deerheart. It's splendid fun. If you've watched it or you watch it after listening to us, please get in touch on the Facebook group and let us know what you thought. Absolutely. You can find all of our Terry Pratchett discussions amongst 400 plus episodes at BritishInvaders.com. And if you search for British Invaders on Facebook, you can find our group there and join in on the conversation. Also find out what our next three topics that we're covering will be. And you can also follow us on Twitter. We are at Brit Invaders Pod. Yes, do drop by the Facebook group and let us know what you think. And do drop by the Voice of Geeks Network, where British Invaders is a member. One of the four podcasts up there at the moment. But also you'll find gaming content, Twitch streaming round table discussions going on lots of stuff happening at the voice of geeks which you can find at vognetwork.com absolutely so thank you for listening and this is brian from canada signing off yes thank you very much until next time it's aiming in england also signing off <laughs>